Good day, wherever you may be hearing me around the globe. You are welcome to Treasurers of God broadcast, Abelkuta, Nigeria. This is another edition of the World School program with the team Exploits in Greatness, Lesson 16, page 29 and 30. Today's topic is the influence of a godly mother. Our text is taken from the book of Proverbs. 31 from verse 1 to 8. I read, The saints of King Nimuel and inspired utterance his mother taught him, Listen, my son, listen, the son of my womb, listen, my son, the answers to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings. Nimuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the right of all who are destitute. Memory verse, 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwell first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you. Introduction. Mothers are a special creation from God. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are made out of finished products, unlike Adam. Children are molded from the womb and nurtured to adolescence by their mothers. A godly mother will naturally raise godly children, while ungodly mother, by her attitude, addiction, and disposition, will influence our children against God. Many instances in the Bible shows us how mothers have played prominent roles in the lives of their children. The influence of a godly mother in the life of children cannot be overemphasized. Mothers must first of all work on themselves to obey the principles of God by every standard, and then transfer this faith onto their children. This is the earnest expectation from great mothers. May God help us all in this regard in the name of Jesus. Behind a child who does great exploits is a godly mother, I will say. And of course, show me a successful child and I will show you a godly mother. Hallelujah. The topic is the influence of a godly mother. What is influence? It's the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, and behavior of someone or something. I take that again. It's the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, and behavior of someone or something. 
definition is that it's a power to affect persons. Influence means to mold, to regulate, and to shape. Fighter points now. We are going to be considering some examples of godly mothers in the scripture and their influence. King Nehemiah's mother. She was an example of a godly mother. Let's quickly see the scripture from the book of Proverbs 31, from our text that we read. The sins of King Nehemiah and inspired utterance, his mother taught him. Listen, she said, listen. About three times she told him there, listen, my son, the son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answers to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for leaders or rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget who has been decreed and deprived of all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. But you speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Yes, godly mothers have a great influence over their children. King Nehemiah's mother in this place was telling her son, we want to see that the counsel of King Nehemiah's mother to the king is the issue of women and wine. The Bible says, train up your child in the way he should go. When he grows up, he will not depart from it. King Nehemiah's mother sat him down and taught him the law of God. She taught him the scripture and especially she mentioned women and wine. We need to note this. She was able to know that because she had Bible culture, she was able to teach her son both classical and biblical teaching. And by this knowledge, she was, you know, able to teach him. Said, note that you don't give your strength to women. Not just women in that place. She was trying to refer to immoral women. Hallelujah. She knew that sexual immorality weakens the king. It weakens, it weakens the kings. So she told him specifically, don't give your strength. Don't drink wine. Don't give your strength to women. So the counsel of King Nehemiah's mother to the king was the issue of women and wine. Praise the Lord. In this place, we could see that you cannot impart what you don't have. Of course, you cannot give what you don't have. King Nehemiah's mother was able to give what she had to King Nimrod because she had the knowledge of the word of God. 
She knows the word of God. Hallelujah. So what are we today giving to our children? As godly mother, we need to sit down our children to teach them the word of God. We need to teach them the word of God. It is our responsibility to teach these children the way of the Lord so that when they grow up, they will not depart from it. Point number two is Jochebed, the mother of Moses. And we are going to consider the scripture Exodus 2, 1 to 4. Exodus chapter 2. 1 to 4. I read, a man from the family of Levi married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and had a son. She saw there was something special about him and hid him. She hid him for three months. When she could not hide him any longer, she got a little basket boat made of papyrus, waterproofed it, with tar and pitch, and placed the child in it. Then she set it afloat in the race at the edge of the Nile. The baby's older sister found herself a vantage point in a little way off and watched to see what will happen to him. In this place, this woman came from the clan of Levite. Hallelujah. She was a Levite. The people on the lost side. So she discovered something special about the child. She discovered something special about the child. As a godly mother, of course we are molders of destiny. We should be able to discern the destiny of our children. She was able to discover that there's something special in that child. She displayed a faith that knew no defeat. Though a decree was passed earlier that they should be killing the male child of the Jews. But she did not mind. She, 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 she displayed that faith that nothing will happen to that child. That's how we should do as well. As a godly mother, even in the face of death, we should be able to defend, to stand up for our children. That is our responsibility. We should not even give up. Praise the Lord. She walked by faith, not by sight. She did not mind what is happening around her. She went ahead and saved her son. That is our responsibility. And moreover, she's noted among the heroes of faith. In the book of Hebrews 11.23, it says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a godly child. They were not afraid of the king's command. Hallelujah. They were not afraid. That is why she is noted among the heroes of faith. God noted this faith. Praise the Lord. She had a kind of sustaining faith because later on, 
when she was called upon, she nursed that child, even as a mother. She sustained that faith by trusting in God. Hallelujah. Every genuine believer in Christ has demonstrated saving grace. Thank God for Christ. We have come to know Christ. Praise the Lord. But we need something. We need something that will sustain us. And that is sustaining faith. And what do I mean? Sustaining faith speaks of the simple trust in God. Just trust in the word of God. That songwriter says, trust and obey. For there is no other way that will be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Another vital point here is Hannah. We can see that in the book of First Samuel. Let's quickly read the scripture. Hannah, First Samuel chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. And she said, Oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here, praying to the Lord for this child I prayed. And the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of you. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. The few points I've been mentioning describe the life of Hannah. Hannah was an example of a sacrificial mother. Praise the Lord. She sacrificed Samuel. She was the first person that gave back to the Lord a son because that was a vow. She said, if you can give me a child, I will give it back to you. Which she fulfilled. She fulfilled a vow in giving back Samuel to the Lord. Hannah was an embodiment of humility. Why did I say so? Because when she was praying in Nangush, when she was praying, Prophet Eli saw her and she was like, get out this wine off you. And she politely told Prophet Eli that I'm a woman in anguish. I'm only pouring out my mind to the Lord. I am not drunk, Prophet. Azumi, she was not an embodiment of humility. She would have replied in, you know, in an annoyance way. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, God resists the proud and give grace to the humble. Grace was released to her that day. She was a prayerful woman. No doubt about it because Samuel came through prayers. Hallelujah. She was a woman of faith. She displayed that faith when she believed what Prophet Eli told her. That go in peace. It shall be unto you according to your sayings. 
So Samuel grew up to reflect his mother's godliness and became a man of prayer and intercession for God's people all his days. We can see this in the book of 1 Samuel 12.23. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. Praise the Lord. He said he will not but to pray for God's people. This shows that his mother influenced him by that art. Hallelujah. What are we giving to our children today? How do we influence them? Do they see us praying? Do they see us studying the word of God? Are we saying God is good and we are doing another thing? Are we telling them not to lie and we too, we are lying? So we should try to instill into our children the word of God. We should not go outside the word of God. Praise the Lord. Lewis and Eunice. We can see here in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. I read, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. From the life of these two mothers, we can see generations of faith in action. Praise the Lord. From the life of these two mothers, we can see the generation of faith in action. Godly mothers are women of sincere faith, not hypocritical faith. Sincere faith means you should have believed sincerely in the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord. Not say because they said I should accept Christ as my Lord and Savior, then let me just go ahead. Have sincere faith, genuine faith, not hypocritical faith. It means that you confront yourself with scripture and judge your sin on the top level. Sit down with the scripture. Judge yourself or your sins on thought level. Sincere faith means that when you do sin against any member of your family, don't be too shy to say, don't worry. Ask for their forgiveness. Don't say, after all, I'm your mother, so I can do whatever I like. No. Ask for their for forgiveness. That is sincere faith. Not only are godly mothers women of sincere faith, but also they seek to hands off this faith to their children. Praise the Lord. Genuine faith is contagious. Genuine faith is magnetic. And we can see this in the life of Timothy here. Timothy's faith could be traced back 
through his mother to his grandmother. How do you hands off your faith to your kids? One of the main ways is by training them in God's word. Praise the Lord. Train your children in God's word. Train a child in the way he should go. When he grows up, he will not depart from it. The best thing you can do for your kids, if you are listening to me, is to instill in them from early stage the importance of reading, studying and memorizing, and even doing the word of God. I pray God will help us to do that in the name of Jesus. Let's quickly see the examples of godly mothers in our contemporary uh, world. I was reading about this woman in the night called Susanna Wesley. She gave birth to 19 children and nine died in infancy and she was able to nurture 10 children. And two of her children, John and Charles Wesley, became the founder of Methodist movement. This woman took time to nurture these children in the way of the Lord. She would pray for each child. She had a rotating roster for them. One child in a day, another child another day. Praise the Lord. Imagine praying for all the 10 children. So we have a great influence on these children. Then she will teach them the word of God. Hallelujah. Single-handedly, she did this. Another example in our world today is Mother Foluke Adeboye, the wife of Pastor E.A. Adeboye. All our children are pastors, which means in spite of her business, she was able to nurture these children in the way of the Lord. Mother of Pastor Paul Ade Farasin nurtured her children in the way of the Lord and every one of them are pastors today. So we, as godly mothers, what are we doing? Are we just sitting down, folding our arms, that miracle will happen? We need to rise up. Don't tell me you don't have the strength. God has already embedded that strength in us. In conclusion, godly mothers play an important role in upbringing of their children. May God Almighty in his finite mercy help us to be great and godly mothers in our various homes in the name of Jesus. Shall we bow down our heads for prayers? We want to decree just repeat after me and say, I declare and I decree, I will do everything in my capacity as a mother to be a godly and a good influence on my children. May God help me in Jesus' name.
Amen. See you in the next edition. By His grace, God bless you. Thank you for joining us for today's broadcast. Before we close, we want to invite you to make the Lord Jesus Christ the Lord of your life if you are not yet born again. If you want to make that decision today, I want you to say this simple prayer. Pray with me. Say, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you today as a sinner with the nature of Adam. I am by nature a sinful man, not by action. I want a new nature, the nature of Jesus Christ, by which I'll be able to function and have all our success. To that extent, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. From today, I receive the Spirit of Christ into my spirit to rule my life so that I can function as a good husband, as a good son to my parents, as a good wife, as a good daughter to my parents, and as a good parents to my children. Thank you, Father, for this privilege. In Jesus Christ's name, I have prayed. Amen. With that prayer, you have come into the family of God. You are welcome into the family of God. I counsel you to locate a good living church with the word of God to attend, whereby you grow therefrom. Thank you, and God bless.